0: Hello and welcome to the Inner Work Conversation. I am Nikki Cross and today, me and you, we have company. We are joined today by Nextdoor's window fitters. My next door neighbour, uh, they're having their windows replaced. And so I apologise in advance, but you're still getting this episode, even through the shouting and banging and crashing <laughs> that you may not hear, by the way, just to let you know, you might not hear any of that because I've set my microphone to only pick up um, towards my mouth. (laughs) But if you do hear all of those things, I apologise in advance. We're still doing this episode anyway. The reason why I feel so strongly about just pushing forward and doing this episode is because I am seeing three key things that are really coming up with my own clients in ways that they are fucking themselves over when they're going after things that they want, particularly in business, and I want to share them with you. I want to present them to you on the work Conversation in the hope that A, if you're a client, this reaffirms the conversations that we've been having, and B, if you're not a client, it can help you in oh, right, okay, so I'm listening to these three things. I'm reflecting, do they apply to me? And I'm thinking, yeah, it does. Okay, what can I do more of, less of, or different as a result of listening to this podcast episode? Please know that in the Inner Work conversation, when I bring you this content, it's not really here just to be consumed. It's here, and don't get me wrong, if that's not what you're looking for in a podcast, if you are looking for easy listening where... You can just listen and let it wash over you. I'm afraid this is not the podcast for you. You, <laughs> That's someone else's podcast. This podcast is here so that you can listen to the content and agree with it and go, yeah, that really resonates with me. What can I do more of, less of, or different? This podcast is here so that you can go, no, Nikki, I disagree with you. and And even still, even still, I disagree with you. What value can I take from what you're saying in order to create change in my own life and in my own business, right? You don't have to agree with me. You have to, if you're here and you're listening, you have to take ownership and responsibility for your own development. That's the prerequisite to listening to this these episodes. Anyway, I wanna share ways that I'm seeing um, my own clients fucking themselves over, but there's two things that you're gonna need to know about in order for this episode to make sense. So thing number one, In the Thrive First method, there are now two different tiers. So tier number one is where you get access to the Thrive First method. You get access to weekly hour one, which is on a Monday, we come together. We do the work of using the method in order to plan out our week in a very specific way. In in a way that, by the way, suits you and your preferences and your life circumstances and responsibilities and obligations. Tier two is getting my eyes on your stuff. So in tier two, you get access to me literally looking over and auditing what you're saying your goals are for the month, auditing what you're saying your high value activities towards your goals are for the month each week. And um, that's sort of, you need to know that because that's sort of where this episode has been born from. The second thing that you need to know in order for this episode to make sense is what I class as goals as opposed to, I think, what other people will class as goals. Now, if you do not like the term goals or goal setting, that's totally fine. I'll I'll rephrase it for you so that you can listen to this episode without wincing every time that I say that. If that brings something up that makes you feel icky. Every single month inside the Thrive First Method, we do this thing called zoom out. And if you've been here for a little while, you know exactly what this process is. I take you and I get you to zoom out six to 12 months down the line, connect to what is meaningful and important to you. And then I take you on a journey of zooming zooming back in into just the next four weeks so that you can see over time you making progress towards things that are really meaningful to you, particularly in business, right? And, um... If you don't like calling them goals, you can just call them projects. This So for February, my project is X, the outcome of that project is Y, and it contributes to my bigger vision in this way. But the whole point of that process is to take the overwhelm out of it. The whole po- point of that process is not to identify everything that you're going to do in order to make progress towards that particular goal or project because that's what we do when we come together every single Monday for hour one. Now, the reason I'm explaining all of this is what you need to know is what I deem to be a goal as opposed to what I deem to be you thriving, right? I'm gonna read out a page of the Thrive First Method workbook because it explains how I define the difference between thriving and going after goals in life and in business. So it says, here's what it says. It says, how is thriving different to achieving your goals? And I'm not saying I'm right, by the way. I'm not saying this is how it is and this is fact. I'm saying this is how I believe it is and this is how I've set the method up. So how is thriving different to achieving your goals? mark. Thriving is who you be on the way to what you want to do, have or achieve thriving equals being goals equals doing having or achieving thriving equals your inner world goals equal your outer world thriving equals forever ongoing to the end infinity till you pop your clocks goals is something with a finite outcome or ending do you get it and i go on to say why the distinction and i think the distinction is there because in the past, achieving our goals has come at the cost of us thriving. And I want my clients to see that thriving, thriving first, is an ongoing process. Achieving your goals is something with a finite outcome or endpoint. These two things are not mutually exclusive. Thriving is a non negotiable, it's about your journey and who you are with yourself. On not just necessarily with other people, who you are inside of yourself, how you treat yourself on your way to achieving your goals, right? And so, in this particular module, this is part of the module one connect to yourself. In this module, what I then take my clients through is defining what thriving looks to them in their mind, their body, and their spirit, so that every Monday when we come together and we define, so based on where you're at right now with your current set of life circumstances, what does thriving first look like for you this week? right? What does my mind need? What does my body need? What does my spirit need in order for me to thrive before I think about my to-do list, before I think about my obligations, before I think about my high value activities that are going to take me closer to achieving the goal that is important to me that I've set for this month, right? That contributes to this bigger vision that I have for myself. That. Right. So it's really important that I go into this episode, which is all about three ways I see my clients fucking themselves over in going after what they want, in going after their goals or projects that are meaningful and important to them. It's really important that you understand both of those things before I go in. Got it? Locked in. Let's go. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give you in this episode three ways that I see my own clients fucking themselves over. Uh is that right? One, two, three, yeah. I want you to take each one of these three things and I want you to ask yourself the question, do I do this? Am I doing this? If you can see that you are, I would love it if you grab a pen and a paper or your journal or whatever and just reflect on how does this apply to me and as After listening to this episode, what can I commit to doing more of, less of, or different in order to create change from this free content that I'm putting out there in the inner work conversation? Okay, so let's go. Thing number one, way number one that I see my clients fucking themselves over in going after what they want is not acknowledging their existing underlying beliefs, particularly disempowering beliefs. So what I see happening is... This can affect two things, actually. The first thing that this can affect, if you're not acknowledging that you've got existing underlying beliefs that might be disempowering you, that might be holding you in a space of, I'm gonna say it, but I don't necessarily agree with it, I'll tell you why, playing small. um, Because I don't always believe that we need to be playing big. That's that's the reason why it makes me feel a bit ick, but I'm just gonna go with that saying. What what I see keeping people playing small is when they set their goal, they're not, for me, goals are there to help us stretch what we believe is possible for us. So if I believe that what's possible and probable for me is to generate 5K a month in my business in terms of revenue, then what I would want my goal to be doing is acting as a stake in the ground to help me stretch what I believe is possible for me in a way and going after it in a way that honors me and honors my clients and honors who I serve, right? What I see is my own clients not necessarily acknowledging their underlying beliefs and it having an impact in the goal they set in the first place. And I also see it impacting what they say their high value activities are gonna be, i.e. the driving actions and in actions, things that we avoid, I'm going to break all of this down, right? So um, let's say that I'm going to go with that very tangible example. Let's say that you said, right, I earned 5K in in revenue in my business last month. I really would like to double my income this month. Or let's just go with that because the numbers are easy, 10K. I really would like to generate £10,000 worth of income doing work that I love in February 2023 in my business, right? Let's say that that's your goal. No, there will be reasons that are underlying at the moment that you believe that that is not possible for you. And as part of the zoom out process, what I ask you to do is identify what you're gonna bump up against in the pursuit of that goal. That's number one. So I ask you to actually consider, if I said this is my goal, are there going to be any beliefs that are in a little box hidden down there that are going to be playing out through the actions that I take and the inactions that I take. I'm gonna dive into both of these in a minute that keep me from really going after it. And I had to have a conversation with one of my clients. Not I had to, like, as in, oh, it was awful. I had to do it. Like, I, I, I felt compelled to have a conversation with one of my own clients to say, okay, you've given me your high value activities this week that are courageous and take you closer to that goal. Let me challenge you and say, if you if you didn't have this underlying belief, if you weren't scared of this thing happening, what would you do then? And in that conversation, we were then able to unravel that actually the high value activity that she'd given me was only there because uh, it was about like getting feedback and testimonials, um, and it it wasn't really helping her go towards the real goal, not in a not in a way that really pushed her outside of. Generating an outcome that she didn't initially think was probable for her, and what can happen when we've got underlying beliefs that we leave alone that we don't address that we don't shine a light on and pay attention to is it can drive out in two different ways. The first way I see it is the actions that we set so you can hear my clients have high value activities and they're called high value activities, not medium, not low, like there's many things that you could do to generate ten k's worth of revenue things. You could do loads of different weird shit, right? I could pimp my husband out. I'm not going to do that, but you get, the, you get the gist. There are many things that you could do. Your high value activity is there to fly the flag of. What thing, even if it would require a lot of courage and a lot of me backing myself, what thing could I do that would probably take me towards that goal in a much more powerful way? That's a high value activity. And through that conversation, my client and I discovered and agreed, actually, the thing that she laid out initially, that wasn't the high value activity at all. That was the activity that was a result of her lack of self-belief, feeling the need to go and get feedback from people that validated her belief in herself and in her her service in order for her then to go and take a high value activity was just her her self-doubt playing out the other thing that i mentioned before that i want to say in this little bit here in point number 1 is not acknowledging your underlying beliefs your self doubt your limiting beliefs that keep you limited right not questioning them not shining a light on them will also help you it will enable you to avoid the things that require courage when you when you allow your underlying beliefs to just sit there under the surface, like playing out. I always think of them like knobbles underneath a carpet. If you laid a carpet and the, like your set, your, your um, disempowering beliefs were like little, I don't know, little rocks and you lay this carpet, there's going to be bumps in that carpet. And so what I want to do is pull the rocks out and lay the carpet on top of that. And I'm not saying we have to get rid of them. I'm not saying that they're not allowed to be with us. Those limiting beliefs, the self-doubt, the lack of self-belief, it's allowed to be there. It's going to be there because your identity shifts as a result. Usually of you seeing evidence of you taking the courageous steps and seeing that the world didn't fall down, you making the failures in business and seeing, oh, well I fucked that up, but I'm okay. Like my ego is still intact and I learned a couple of lessons from it. So, I'm not saying that we have to get rid of the rocks completely. I'm just saying pull them out from under the carpet before you lay the carpet. The carpet being setting the goal and moving towards it right so the last the last point on not not acknowledging your existing underlying beliefs here is when you don't acknowledge them, you will avoid things when you don't acknowledge that there's self doubt there there's lack of self belief there. Best believe that you will absolutely be avoiding doing things particularly in business that that help to keep you um very far away from the things that require courage so that's the first point. second point of what I see the way I see my clients fucking themselves over when they go after what they want is not noticing how you're managing your time and your energy, not being aware of your reality, not, and therefore not being able to identify concerns and things that are weighing you down. So, in the Thrive First Method, one of the things that we do is acknowledge absolutely where you are at in life and in business. We, are, If you've got an elderly parent that needs caring for, if you've got twins, if you've got a full-time job, if you've got five dogs to walk, if you've got some sort of condition or disease, if you've got, can you see, like we absolutely take into consideration everything, all of your life and business circumstances right here, right now. And we set goals from that place. And what I see is people not, it's like almost like they ignore their reality. And then therefore they, in terms of thinking practically about what they can do to support themselves, they can't do that because they've ignored their reality. So I'll give you an example. One of my clients inside the Thrive First Method has a job in a company where she's relied on, part of her actual role is to be relied on by many other people. And so what she was finding is she would come to hour one, she would map out her week, and then what, in her own words, five minutes after hour one, she'd open her inbox and there'd be like 10 bombs in her inbox of things that people had drop, dropped on her in order to, for her to deal with that week, right? And there's two things at play here. The first thing is my clients build my my client building this skill in order to really audit the bombs that were being thrown at her and build that skill of being able to audit and assess that bomb and seeing the level of priority and importance both in her own priority list and the priorities of the business and managing that person's expectations accordingly which by the way sometimes will look like here you go have that bomb back that belongs to you and not me." And I'm not going to allow you to push that bomb onto me, right? The second thing at play here is actually, let's say, I don't know, seven out of 10 bombs that landed in her inbox were actually hers to deal with. And that's just part of parcel of the role that she does. That right there is noticing how you're managing your time and energy. That right there is being aware of your reality. So if you know that every single week, part of your job means that half of your time let's say is taken up with dealing with other people's shit then what that what that literally means is you've got 50% of the time that you think that you have so if you work five days a week really what you've got to play with is two and a half that is what being aware of your reality actually looks like Otherwise, if we don't do that, what that can send us into is, I've lost control of my week. I'm a victim to all of these other things around me. And it can lead us into a place of really not practically looking at what we can do to support ourselves. And therefore, it can lead us into thinking that we are a procrastinator, thinking that we are just keep on putting things off when it comes to going after things that we want. So my client that I'm talking about, she's got her own goals that she wants for herself in life and in business, but she feels like she keeps getting railroaded by other people. So actually, if we use that railroad and if we use that getting off hour one and having 10 bombs in your in- inbox every single week as data, as information acknowledging fully that some of that is going to be about her managing expectations, not people pleasing and pushing back. And another very practical aspect of that is that's part of your job. You've got to deal with that, right? If we acknowledge all of that, what we're then able to do is then acknowledge the real reason why we're not making progress towards our goals as as quickly as we'd like. And actually then we're able to go, well, I thought I had five hours left over for myself this week. Turns out I've only really got two. We have to be honest with ourselves about our current situation, and be real. I love the saying: "Be unrealistic with your goal. Be really realistic with how you're getting there." I sometimes I like to set goals for myself that really do challenge what I believe is possible for me, and. I learned this lesson big time when I quit my job. I didn't think that I was an entrepreneur. I didn't think that I was someone who could have their own business. And I never, I never, it was never about that for me. It was never about thinking that I was, you know, this business owner or this entrepreneur with this real entrepreneurial spirit. For me, it was more about, I love this work so much and I can't find a job that lets me do this work. And therefore I'm just going to have to make a job for myself and I'm going to have to make a business that allows me to do this work because I feel so passionately about it. Why have I gone off on that tangent? Oh yeah, you've got to be honest with yourself about the real reason that you're avoiding stuff. And sometimes the real reason that you're avoiding stuff is because you haven't been honest with yourself about your current reality, about how much time and energy you you literally currently have to manage And I think that that is such an important but very, very basic thing that fucks people over that I want to draw your attention to. The last and third thing that I want, and it's probably the most important of this episode, that I want to draw your attention to in terms of you fucking yourself over in going after what you want is not developing tolerance for uncertainty and complexity let's go in. (laughs) This one, this one is, I wish I'd have put this one first because this one to me is the most important one of all. When people first come to me, what I see they want a lot of is they want a lot of control. They want a lot of certainty. And part of my job with them is over time, doesn't happen straight away, but over time is helping them to develop tolerance for uncertainty. I'll come on to complexity in a minute. The reason why I want them to develop a tolerance for uncertainty is twofold. Firstly, we do not fucking know what life and business is going to throw at us. I might come off recording this podcast and I might have, I might look at my phone and see that my whole world has been turned upside down. That has literally happened to me in life. I've been driving home one day and my life got turned upside down by a piece of information, right? That can happen to us at any minute. By the way, both positively and negatively, your life can be changed in an instant. And you know that. And also you know that it's not even that extreme. Sometimes you can get in and just happen to open your emails and a client drops a clanger on a Friday night that fucks with your whole weekend. Do you know what I mean? It's like, we want a control, but we never really have control. (laughs) Not really. So that's the first reason that I want my clients to develop a tolerance for uncertainty is so that they're better able to know that to know that there is uncertainty, <laughs> like, to be at peace with uncertainty and to navigate life and business with an openness to uncertainty, which then therefore stops them wanting to control every little thing and being exhausted because the, it's a never-ending battle because you can never get the level of control that you really want. The second reason why I... And the most beautiful reason why I want my clients to develop a tolerance for uncertainty is because I want them to experience the wonder and curiosity that comes with being open to uncertainty. When I help my clients set goals, when I help my clients define what it is that they really want for themselves, what outcome they want to generate, the reason that I don't get them on the same call to define the plan, but instead show up every week and get used to setting high-value activities for themselves is, what happens, I'd say, at least 75% of the time, is they go about making moves, taking steps towards what they want, and something happens that they never could have expected. So maybe for you, your goal is setting up a podcast, and you publish your first episode this month, and someone really famous, it just, it just lands into their hands and they share it. And already you've got 10,000 downloads when you only really expected to have 100 downloads in February. you see what I mean? It's like if we try and control things because we're so scared of uncertainty and we haven't developed a tolerance for uncertainty, what we're not also allowing ourselves is curiosity. And wonder and surprise and delight. Because sometimes when we just take one step and then we've taken that step and it's given us some information that we go, okay, now I've got that bit of information, I can take my next step. What we also don't really account for when we're trying to control everything and limit the level of uncertainty that we expose ourselves to is all of the fucking brilliant stuff that can happen that we never could have planned for. That that is also in controlling the uncertainty, you're also putting a cap on the amount of surprises and delight that you are open to receiving. And that makes me really fucking sad because I see in, in literally in my own business, in navigating my own business and the uncertainty that comes with that, I see that the more I surrender to the unknowns and just take one step after another, the more cool stuff happens that I never could have planned for, never could have planned for it. So if you are someone who is fucking yourself over in going after what you want by trying to control every single step and have this all or nothing amazingly perfect plan laid out, please also know that in doing that, you're probably exhausting yourself for a start. And secondly, you're probably limiting the amount of surprise and delight that you're willing to receive and be open to. And what was the other thing I said? Oh yeah, not developing a tolerance for complexity. One of the things that my clients, and this is the last thing in this episode, and then I'm going to wrap up. One of the things that my clients notice over time is when they fail, when they try something, when they do a high value activity that push them outside of what normally is comfortable for them or demanded a lot of courage or energy, what they often find is that when things go wrong, there is duality in things going wrong. So this is a little bit like saying, it's not just about the achievement of the goal, it's about the journey and the process towards achieving that goal. Sometimes when things go wrong, there is a cost to that mistake or is there is a cost to you failing in that way, in inverted commas. But a lot of the time when we zoom out, the actual gift, the value of the lesson that you learned from fucking up from making the mistake was actually greater than what you would have got if it had all gone perfectly and this is what i mean by holding a tolerance for complexity and duality and i suppose really what i am saying is it's holding tolerance for how you your emotions and how you feel As you navigate things because a lot of the time when things fuck up and when things are going wrong and when we do something that's required a lot of courage and then we freak out because we think that it's good something bad's going to happen or people are going to judge us it doesn't actually feel very nice and there is the duality some i actually posted on my instagram this morning i'm gonna read it out it's an old it's an old post but i reposted it this morning and it says sometimes self-care doesn't actually feel good in the moment. Sometimes self-sabotage does feel good in the moment. Self-honesty is worth practicing. And what I'm essentially saying the same thing in this post, I'm saying sometimes you've got to hold duality in yourself to realize what's true. And sometimes when you feel like a bag of shit because you've just failed or made a mistake or something, or you just launched something and it was tumbleweed and it feels awful, sometimes there's gold in that. And you being able to hold yourself in that space and hold yourself while there's duality in that moment is gonna be the biggest gift when you look back of all, even greater than you achieving the goal. That, that. And I really wanna encourage you, if it, at any point in this episode, if anything has resonated, particularly from this final point around developing tolerance i really want to encourage you to if if it's if it's within your capacity if you've got the financial resources i want to encourage you to even just look at my work look at the thrive first method look at working with me one-to-one because literally one of my clients texted me this morning who's in tier two of the thrive first method And she said, I am paying £99 a month for this. And in four minutes of you auditing my high value activity, you've identified where I am holding myself back, where I am avoiding the thing that requires courage. And you have literally helped me to generate, I won't say because it's not mine to say, but more, a lot more times than her investment for the whole month in four minutes. Because I basically helped her to see through her own bullshit, that she was feeding herself, believing. And if this episode resonates, if you're thinking, actually, these things do apply to me. And actually, and if I I really want to highlight this, I only ever, this is only ever an offer. My encouragement for you to join my work, it's only ever an offer. It's not me saying you're not going to get results if you don't join my work. You will get results. That's why I offer you this podcast for free. Because it actually, if you take some of the stuff that we're talking about here and you practically apply it, really apply it and really be on yourself in the application of it and really hold and support and love yourself through that application, by God, you will will absolutely notice change in your life and in business. But if you want to also do this work alongside me and be supported by me, I am not going to hold back from encouraging you to do so. I am actually going to www.tlb.org.uk. Go ahead and look at ways to work with me because I want to work with you. What I am noticing to be true more and more is the majority of my clients who who, who don't find me through referrals, I'd say 99% of them come from this podcast. And that fills me up because actually in this podcast, this is the most real of me you're ever going to get. And so I know that by the time people come to me, they already have made their mind up that investing in my services is going to be a positive thing for them because they've they've already done work with me here in this podcast. So if this is resonating with you, I am not going to hold back from saying, come and do this work with me. Come and do this work with us if it's inside the Thrive First Method. I want to highlight to you, if you're listening to this live, I wanna highlight, as in like when it's released, I wanna highlight to you that in February, 2023, I do have limited spaces available for one-to-one work only because I'm taking some time off at the end of February. But apart from that, go ahead, tlb.org.uk, the link will be in the show notes. I am encouraging you to come and do this work alongside me. And if you haven't got the scope for that or if it doesn't feel right for you, then I hope that you've gained a lot from this episode and I hope that what you've gained through realization, through being seen, maybe, through me pointing things out in you that you might not have been able to perceive before, I hope that you create change for yourself through that stuff. So all that said, let me summarize and then I'll exit the episode. To be fair, next door I haven't been very bangy with their um with their window bringing down and so thank you very much for the the noise reduction whilst i'm recording this episode summarizing three ways that you're fucking yourself over in going after what you want number one not acknowledging your existing underlying beliefs that are really you know keeping you from um going after what you want number two not noticing how you're managing your current reality your time and energy and number three not not developing a tolerance for uncertainty and complexity and duality. I hope that you've seen something in these three points that has served you today. Please, please never forget, I am always cheering you on. I really am. And I really do hope that you are cheering you on too.